Thank you, Lord. I think I want to take some time to pray for one another at the end, so if my wife and somebody else can help me remember. I'm thinking that's what we're going to do. Um, open your Bibles to Psalm 27. Psalm 27, we're going to actually start in verse 11. You know, if you weren't here last week, uh, you may be a guest, you may be busy, you may just been out of town or sick or whatever whatever happened. We had Pastor Kim Pittner with us. I really encourage you to uh, get that message off the internet. If you don't know how to do that, then fill out a paper and we'll get you a hard copy on a CD. Um, and I really feel like I'm going to tag on to what he said, not to add on to it, but just to the whole idea of perspective and and vision. And uh, his message was about not overlooking the obvious and about God's special design in us and uh, that we need to not have our vision on this side, which is on the brokenness, on the pain, on the betrayal, on the hurt, whatever it is, uh, and not have a disability vision, a disabling vision, but to have a vision on who He is and where He's taking us. And uh, that was, it was just a powerful time. I know most of you were here, but uh, I encourage you. Um, you know, there's something else that, uh, <clears throat> that Kim shared uh, that I think is, was very important. He shared it with us Sunday night. He met with our leaders uh, he said, you know, the, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. And Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And he, said, he, he shared this. Now, I didn't check this. So if this is wrong, then you call up Pastor Kim and tell him you were wrong. Okay? I'll give you his phone number. <laughs> but here's the thing. Pastor Kim says this. The word, the word steal there doesn't mean to take a gigantic piece of something. I'm looking at my dad because he's like, I don't know. <laughs> so the, the idea of the word here is to just take a little bit, take a pinch. So if you had a whole loaf of bread and the thief, the enemy, comes to steal it, it's obvious when the whole piece of bread is gone. So if he comes and takes the whole thing, you're, oh man, that's missing, that's gone. But what he does when he comes to steal is he comes to take just a little bit at a time, just a pinch at a time, just a touch at a time. And then time after time after time, over time, something is stolen and we're not aware of it. Whether it's true or not in terms of the translation, I think it's true in terms of the principle. That's, that's what he comes to do. And so here's the deal. It's the same way with our, with, our, with our perspective on what's going on in life, with our perspective on him. The enemy doesn't, if we're, our, our eyes are focused on Jesus, he doesn't want us to get, you know, he's not going to try to just turn us totally around with something crazy or like, I would never get focused on that. It's going to be like this, just something right over there. Rather than here, it's right over there. You know, I had a... You know, I've only been in one car accident... Oh, when I was driving, excuse me. 
I've only been one in car. I was in one car accident when I was a kid. When my mom was driving, we hit some ice and we rolled over twice. Uh, have you ever been in? A, if you've ever been in a car accident, have you ever had time slow down? Where, where time slows down with something? Because I remember it was like we're going upside down. I'm like, oh, I'm hanging on my seatbelt, you know. And then we flipped over again. We flipped up. And then we flipped again. We we flipped down a hill. We were fine. Just scared the whatevers out of us. My dad still made us go to school. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't know why. I, no, there's not unforgiveness tomorrow. I think it's funny. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I do the same thing to my kids. Get, we're not, no, we're not missing. Are you hurt? No. Okay, well, go to school then. <laughs> you just flipped over twice on the car. It's not that big of a deal, right? <laughs> so, anyway, I don't even know why. I said, sorry. I, I'm not trying to. And my mom's, of course, not here to. So it wasn't her fault. It was just ice. So. Um, Anyway, I was only in one car accident my, when I was driving myself, I believe. And uh, it happened when I worked at San Dimas Hardware. I was in college, and I was getting ready to... Uh, I wanted to move into the dormitory uh, that next year. I wanted to move out of my house. But that summer, I was doing my job. And so in the mornings, uh, shockingly enough, I'm running like right to the edge. Okay, if Some of you know me. It's, I mean... Some things I get there early to, but a lot of times I'm, I've, I've been known to be late to some stuff. And so I'm, I'm always pushing it, you know, sleeping in as far as I can, waking up, rushing to work, after breakfast, of course. And for some reason that morning, I, had, I wore glasses, and I wish I still had them. I think I finally threw them away. I was going to bring them today because they were, they were pretty fascinating-looking glasses. Uh, I didn't wear them all the time, probably because I thought I looked dumb in them. Uh, but for some reason, I, I didn't put them on that morning. I just, oh, it's, it's only a mile down the road. I'm just going to drive to work. You know, no big deal. I can still mostly see. <laughs> just, it's just blurry. I can still see things, right? So I'm driving to work and, you know, and I, you come in this little side street and you turn in where Bank of America is and there's a long parking lot and you get to where I parked. And so as I'm turning in, something plows into me. I didn't know what it was. I didn't see anything coming. It was raining that day too. And so my windshield wipers probably weren't the best at that point. So the, the windshield was a little bit dirty, did not have my glasses on. And so I didn't see the guy that was coming right at me, and so I turned right in front of him, and he plowed right in my back fender. And so I didn't get to move out that, that semester because I had to pay $3,000 out of my own money, I believe, after I borrowed from my father, to, and I paid him back uh, to pay for that accident. And, but the point, the point of the matter is, is I didn't have my glasses on. I didn't have them on. Now, I wear contacts now for those of you that get in the car with me and are like, where are your glasses? <laughs> okay? I have contacts. I didn't wear my glasses every day. I wear my contacts every day, all the time when I play softball, whatever. I want to be able to catch that ball. So, um, but if I, put on, if I took out my contacts and put on those glasses when I got, when I was 14 years old, which is a couple years ago, like 10 or 24, okay? I could put those glasses on and it wouldn't do much. 
because my vision's gotten worse. And so I'm not able to see even if I had those glasses on. So I got, I got rid of those glasses. Sometimes in our lives, what happens is I'm trying to either go through life without my glasses on spiritually or I'm using my vision that God gave me from years and years ago and He has something fresh for me to use today. Psalm 27, verse 11. This is a psalm of, of facing challenges, of facing fears. You know, as, as, as we had like 25 people at the altar last week, I'd say half the church or 25 or 30 people, pretty close, up here being prayed for. And I looked at all the different families and situations represented it. And here's the deal. Right now in our church family, we're facing some challenges. Some of us know about them, some of us know, but there's, there's things going on in other people's lives that, that are hard, that are really difficult, that are, that are draining, that are, that, are, that are coming, you know, to steal something away from us. And, you know, as, and so I want us to be encouraged today. So this is a message to continue to propel us forward to say, no, in the midst of those things, I'm going to keep my glasses on. I'm not going to just say, oh, today I'm just going to go without. Because when we go without his vision, something good is not going to happen. We might crash. We might turn into something. We end up somewhere we didn't expect to be. Psalm 27, 11, Holy Spirit, open the word of God as we read it. It says, teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes. You know, there's a desire of a foe in our lives. He has desires for us. Don't turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. I am still confident in this, or I believe this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In verse 14, I don't know if I put it up there, it says, Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart, and wait for the Lord. But I want us to focus on verse 13. It says, I am confident, or I believe, I believe, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Here's the deal. If I don't believe I'm going to see it, I'm not going to see it. Here's what I believe about God. I believe, I know we say God is love and He is love. I believe, and this is just my personal thing, so I, I, it says God is good in the Bible, but I believe that the core of God is His goodness. That God ultimately is good. And everything else flows out of that. Out of His goodness comes everything that exists. Everything that is meant to exist. Everything that will exist. His desires come from His goodness. And if His goodness is... If God is present, then goodness is present. It's hard to see though sometimes. You know, things happen in our lives and our windshield wipers are dirty. And we're not, we don't have the right perspective. We're not focused. And so we're, we're driving through life like I was in a Honda Prelude in whatever year that was, 1993 or 4. And you can't quite see what's going on. But it didn't change what was there. Everything was there. I just didn't see it. That truck was there. 
Maybe I could have gone faster if I would have seen it and really popped the clutch and burned it, you know, through, that, through the parking lot. I don't know. But I was just cruising. I was just going in and bam, out of nowhere I was hit. But I didn't see what was there. That was something bad. But here's the deal. What if there's something good that I don't see that's right here? And look, I'm aware of what's going on in some of your lives. You're facing, you're facing some, these, are, these are hard things. These are challenging things. But I am saying, I want us to be confident of this and have a declaration, have a mindset, have a focus, have a, have a, have a, have a steadfastness of heart that says, you know what, I still believe. I am going to see the goodness of the Lord. I will see it. I will, I, will, I will experience it. I will not miss out on this. The goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You turn to Jeremiah 32. Here's the heart of God. Jeremiah 32. Anybody know where Jeremiah is in the Bible? I don't. Okay, I'm trying to find it. Jeremiah 32. Go to the right from Psalms. 32, verse 39. This is at a time where people were facing devastation and uh, deportation. They were facing all kinds of uh, destruction uh, where the people of God, because of their choices, had been taken captive. But in the midst of that, God has a promise. And it's a promise that has a hint, has a, has a, has a foreshadowing of the new covenant. And we're going to get back to the covenant that we talked about on Communion Sunday. It says in verse 39, I will give them, this is God speaking, I will give them singleness of heart and action so that they will always fear me for their own good and the good of their children after them. Look at this. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good to them. Hello. I will never stop doing good to them and I will inspire them to fear me so that they will never turn away from me. I will rejoice in doing them good and will assuredly plant them in this land with all my heart and my soul. Can you believe that? That's the heart of God right there. He says, I will never stop doing good to you. And he's giving a hint, a reference to an everlasting covenant. What is the only everlasting covenant in the Bible? It's the new covenant. Let's talk about covenants for a second. For those of you that weren't here a few weeks ago, we talked about covenants. In the Old Testament, there was a covenant set up, the old covenant. And it was a covenant between God and man. And so here's the deal. A covenant is... is is stronger than a contract, but it's like a, it's like a holy contract, basically. We can say it that way. And so there was an agreement that was reached between God and His people. And God says, I will do this if you will do this. And I will do this if you will do this. Now here's the problem with that. God kept His side of the covenant, but the people did not keep their side of the covenant. They kept... They kept falling. They kept messing up. And so because of that, there were conditions in the covenant. If you do this, then this is going to happen. It's going to be bad. If you turn away from me, then you're going to be ta- there's going to be bad stuff that happens. And so God, He knew that at first. He was trying to point us to Jesus. First of all, the old covenant is there to give an arrow to say, no, this is so bad. You need to understand this is not going to work. You need to get to Jesus. But then what happens in the new covenant, in the New Testament, is God makes a new agreement. And this is so powerful if we get this. I've been thinking about this 
over and over. It's just, it's just so amazing. The new covenant is so different. It's still a covenant between God and man, but God came as a man. Jesus became a man, and so He became the sacrifice in the new covenant, and so now there is an agreement between God the Father and Jesus in the new covenant. So when God says, should I pour out my blessing on my people? Are they keeping my covenant? Who does God the Father look at? He looks at Jesus and he says, I see Jesus. They're 100% in compliance with the covenant. My blessing is there. So if you're in the new covenant, there's always a blessing. There's always the goodness of the Lord that's present. Because it is guaranteed, it's a better covenant, it's been guaranteed by Jesus. It's an everlasting covenant, it's never going to go away, because Jesus ain't never going to, he's going to, he's forever. He only died on earth. <laughs> then he came back to dead on earth anyway. Okay, so you say, is that in the Bible? Okay, let's look at Hebrews. Chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. Anybody know where Hebrews is? <laughs> there it is. I found it. I finally found it. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 and 12. Look at what this says. It says, When Christ came as high priest of the good things that are already here, He went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not man-made, and that is to say, not part of creation. He did not enter by the means of the blood of goats and calves, but He entered the most holy place once and for all by His own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. Did you notice what it says? It says Jesus, he's, so He's the priest in the covenant. He's the one taking care of things. And He has finished His work. It says He sat down in Hebrews. That means He was done with the work. And it says of the good things that are already here. So the goodness is already here, it says. It's, it is present at this moment. So that means I only need to be able to see it. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Hebrews 10 and verse 1 says this. The law, the old covenant, the, is only a shadow of the good things that are coming in the new covenant, not the realities themselves. In other words, this wasn't the real deal. For this reason, it can never by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year make perfect those who draw near to worship. See, it's not up to us now for God to bless us based on what I do. It's up to God uh, by what He's already done to bless us based on what He's already done and what Jesus is for us. That means there's always something there that I can't see sometimes. And when David said, I will see, I believe, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, there's, it's very interesting that he says the land of the living. What, what did he mean? He meant this life. All through the Psalms, it talks about the land of the living. All through the Old Testament, what that phrase is meaning is, Hey, it's comparing this life to the next life. In other words, after we die. So in other words, sometimes as believers, we can get a mindset that's too focused on what's going to be rather than what's now. Make sense? Some of you are looking at me like, oh, okay. Some of you are confused, maybe. Think about this. 
we say someday this will happen. And we mean, maybe we mean heaven. Maybe we mean, oh yeah, sometime it's going to be all made right. And that's true. There's a truth to that. But I think sometimes what we miss is we miss what God wants now because we're saying, oh, that's going to happen in the future. David was saying this, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It's going to be experienced in my life right now. There is something, it is, it is present right now. And if I will have my right glasses on, then I will be able to see. God needs to give some of us, we need fresh vision. Because what happens is, my vision from yesterday does not help me for today. Some of us are living on what God did in us two years ago, and that's great. But what, what's, he wants something right now. There's something fresh today, right now. We can say, you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm not even sure that this is, this is coming out right for what I sense. But I know that God is saying, it's right here. It's right here. It does not change. It's been guaranteed. It's been sealed. It's from me. It's not conditional. It's not conditional. It's unconditional. It's a part of God's faithful love, His steadfast love, His loving kindness, His unchangingness that He sealed in Jesus because He looks at me and says, Jesus. Not because He's confused, but because when He sees me, He's looking at Jesus. Think about that. What kind of inheritance is the Father going to give Jesus? What what does the Father want to give Jesus? We sell ourselves short when we say, oh, God's not going to do that for me. He's not going to do that. What would God do it for Jesus? If you're thinking something's too great for God to give to you, then just ask the question, would He do that for His own Son? If He would do it for Jesus, then He'll do it for me. Because I am now God's Son. If you're a female, you're God's Daughter. So what would God do for His kids? Here's the other thing we miss, is we define goodness as American goodness. (laughs) We can say it like that, right? God's definition of goodness and my definition of goodness are not the same thing. Sometimes I want to get out of something. God says, no, that's good. (laughs) If you go through that, it'll be good. If you don't, it'll be bad. I can't get you out of that. I can't get you out of where you are. I will, you will see the goodness in the land of the living. In other words, life happens, right? Life happens. There's things in life, there are things that we cannot control. They're, 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 I mean, we can choose to just, you know, hide under our beds and that's all we do in life. But life is going to go on. Life is happening, but in the midst of life, God says, hey, I will see the goodness of God. You can see the goodness of God in the midst of life. Goodness doesn't always mean rescue you from that. You know, I've got uh, my little little girl is so awesome and she's starting to crawl around and 
she likes to put everything in her mouth, right? Like babies do. It's the, it's the most sensory organ for babies. They, they start eating and do all that. So they're like, this is the way I tell what's going on in life is my mouth. Okay. But I can't let her put everything in her mouth. I put let her put more than my wife does, but <laughs> she's looking at me like that's not this is not what you said last night. <laughs> but there are some things you can't chew on. And you know what? When I take those things away from her, you know what she does? She cries. <laughs> ah! Because why? It's not good. It's not good. You can't chew on that, whatever, I don't know what, whatever the boys left out. You can't have that in your mouth. That's not going to be good, but she wants it. She, it's exciting. There's something, there's just, whatever the thrill is with the little tiny thing that shouldn't be in your mouth, she wants it in her mouth. She thinks it's good, but it's not. And her daddy or her mommy has to come and say, no, I want you to walk in goodness. And so, let me open your mouth. <laughs> I mean, there's sometimes, isn't the Lord doing that to us sometimes? He's a good dad. He's a good father. He's got to come and reach into our mouths and go, I'm, you thought I was going to do that. <laughs> there are some things you don't even do in marriage. <laughs> That would be one of them. That, that just seems gross to me. But I will reach in my kid's mouth, though. It doesn't seem that gross, right? There are some times where God's coming into our, into our spiritual mouths and saying, i got to get that out of there. And it doesn't feel good. You know, his, his hand is sometimes not... Get that out. And I can be, either be upset and say, Man, God, I, wanna, I thought you were doing good things. I thought you were going to do something good in my life. And God says, No, you don't understand. You don't see the full picture. I'm good. I'm good. I can't let you have that. I can't let you stay there. I can't let you. I'm gonna, I'm, I need you to walk through this right now. You're going to see my goodness in the midst of life. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David had a declaration. He just said, I mean, David, it says in Psalm 27. Let's go back to Psalm 27. I like hearing those Bibles flip. That's good. Some of you are still just waiting for the screen, huh? Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I'll be confident. That's verse 3. Man, some of us might be in a war right now. For in the day of trouble, verse 5, in the day of trouble. You had that day of trouble? <laughs> Sometimes it's a week of trouble. Sometimes it's a year of trouble. It's a month, you know, months and months of trouble. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon, my rock, upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above my enemies who surround me. 
Don't hide your face from me, Lord. Don't turn your servant away in anger. You've been my helper. Don't reject me or forsake me. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. You know, in other words, there's going to be rejection in this life. You're going to face rejection. Somebody close to you that you... Okay. Somebody close to you will wound you in your life. The odds are for that. Though my mother and father forsake me, or whoever that close person is to you, the Lord will receive me. And then David says, Lord, I got, teach me your ways, O Lord. I, got, I don't know how to walk this path. Lead me in a straight path. I can't do this on my own. Don't turn away. Don't let me be just swallowed up by my enemies. Don't let, don't let them who want to harm me and, and take me you know, into the depths of darkness. Don't let me go. But then David finally just says, but you know what? I'm going to believe. I'm going to be confident. I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to let go. I will see. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the midst of life. You know, if you're going through a great time right now, it seems, hey, that's great. But David, in this time, he was facing some challenges. I don't know where this was in his life. I don't know that we can know. But David refused to let his vision go away from the goodness of God. So my encouragement today is the goodness of God is present in my life. He's guaranteed it with Jesus and the new covenant. That means it's always there. It says in Hebrews 9, the good things that are already here. Now you've got to remember, God's using His definition of good. <laughs> I translate good as easy <laughs> and comfortable, Right? That's, that's, oh, that was good. That really made me feel great. That's how we use the word good, but that's not... Good means when I'm on the other side, I'm better off. That may be different than what, what I think it is. But I will see the goodness of the Lord in the midst of life, in the land of the living. It, I, don't have to, it's, it's, I don't have to say, well, someday, someday. We, we, don't have, we, we need to let the someday's go. Someday, someday. Someday this, someday that. Well, why not now? Why not now? That's all I got. <laughs> How's that for a closing, Professor Wymore? <laughs> We're done. <laughs> that would have got me definitely a C, C in Bible college. Here's what I want us to do. Here's what I want us to do. I, I do want us to pray for one another. And so, I believe healing is the goodness of God. Manifest. So if you need healing in your body, or just healing in general, it could be all kinds of things you need healing for, I want us to pray for you. And we're going to pray, first of all, that God will open your eyes. I mean, there's, it's, it's so interesting. I mean, even, even the song Dan played at the offering was 
Turn your eyes upon Jesus. He didn't know what I was preaching on. He, I don't share that with anybody unless they ask. <laughs> and then I still don't. <laughs> you know, we sing that song about God letting it rain. You know, I know we sang it last week. Lisa knows that too. She wasn't here, but she picked out a couple of the same songs. Like, hey, didn't we sing this last week? Yeah, we did. But it says one line in there just really caught me as we were worshiping. It was this. The heartbeat of heaven let us hear. Good, 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 goodness, 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 goodness. The heartbeat of heaven. God's heart is beating consistently. I only need to hear it. I only need to hear it. If you need prayer today, I want us to pray. So lift your hand if you need prayer today. We're believing that the goodness of God is going to be manifest. Lift, lift your hands. Okay, if you're not lifting your hands, look up. Get your, grab somebody next to you that's got their hand lifted. Keep your hand lifted so we can gather around you. We're believing for the goodness of God to be manifest. If you need healing in your body, then 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 ask for that. If you need, you just say it. There's just a, something else you need. If you want to share it, go ahead and share it. Thank you for opening eyes. Lord, give us a resolve that we will see the goodness of God in this life right now. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence and your power. Thank you for your presence and your power.